0: Okay, so I'm just waking up from a vision and I think that this vision has a lot of insight but the issue is that I feel like everybody else around me already knows all this information. Maybe I do too in a way but It's just the just the the different things I've been going through seeing and learning in the process I guess i it's hard for me to tell what is the truth and what isn't. It's too many things going on in these visions. It feels like it would have to be a million different worlds at once. And I'm trying to make sense of what actually is most important, what matters. Maybe it is all most important. But it's hard for me to focus on, you know, the mission and what it is that God wants me to do when I have to deal with. These different things. So I realized, like, so the vision goes that we all go to Cancun, Mexico. While well, we're there, we're downtown. We're in downtown Cancun, and it's, like, a, a really beautiful view. We're at this museum, and it's a bunch of different things that are, like, From, like legends, from Mexico, and we're just having free range to touch these things, and I I don't never imagine, I never imagine a museum actually like that. But you never know what kind of museums you'll run into, especially in a different country. You may be, you may have full access to all kinds of things. They're just trusting you not to, you know, touch these things because, you know. Maybe they expect you to respect the individual that these things belong to, and when you don't know who they are, then how can you, you know? Sometimes people lack respect for these type of things, or sense, you know, enough to stop, don't to not touch things, to preserve. It's like integrity, I guess, but. My brother was touching stuff and I was like, you know, it's not that I do everything he does or just feel like everything's okay because of it. But I thought to myself, we're not supposed to, in museums, you're not allowed to touch things. So at first I wasn't, but then when I noticed he was just going through things like he, like it was nothing, I was like, maybe it's okay then. Because it don't. there's no sign saying not to, even though usually you're just not supposed to touch things in museums. Nobody's telling him to stop. It's not no... It just doesn't look like there's no reason not to, you know, use these things, even though it felt like it's wrong. Like, if this stuff is really however old, you know, and very important that it can end up in a museum, then maybe I shouldn't touch it. But I was like, shoot, if it's this important and, you know... In a museum, then I want to touch it. Like, I don't know, like, that's part, I feel like maybe that's part of the experience, whatever. So it's a million different reasons why I kind of just did, but I do know that I did, I was trying to catch myself at first. So looking back on the vision, I said to myself, I probably need to practice that more. I need to practice excuse me, self restraint regardless of what everybody else is doing more. That may be something that God is dealing with in me more than just more lately. And so I'm going to the things and then all I know is like it's feeling like we should go. We should just go leave Mexico. And I start packing my things. And I started, and I packed a few of the things from the museum, too, so I was stealing. At first, I was about to put them all back where I got them from. But then I was like, I stopped for a second, like, oh, this is a nice sweater, and it looks like it'll fit me. So I packed it. And then it was another sweater that I thought was nice, too. And I was like, that looks good with this one. So I packed it. And... It's not cool because in my visions, I find I'm stealing a lot, you know, and that's obviously God, you know, showing me strongholds that need to be broken off of my mind and off of my bloodline, you know, the stealing. It may not seem like it's a very big deal, but it does need to happen. It needs to happen. So, another thing that I realized is my brother was there for a minute this time, and I'm not gonna be on. I'm not gonna be upset. I see my other brothers a lot more. I'm not going to lie about it because it's a lying that I noticed in these visions too. But all I know is like I was happy to see him. It was like a like a warmth in my heart that made me want to cry, like, you're here, you're actually here, you know? And I want to tell you that we love you so much, and we don't want you to keep running away from us. But I feel like we try to tell you that our whole lives, and you don't listen, you do what you want to do. So, and I feel that when I tell you things, it makes things worse, and I'm probably the least person he expects to hear this from. I'm sure my other brother has told him and didn't even want to. But eventually it came out. My younger brother, he's obviously was affected by it. That was like his, you know, he looked up to him. And my sister, it might seem like she don't care, but, you know, he'll probably just, you know, he'll probably appreciate that from her, you know before she even has to say it or without her ever saying it or even, you know, feeling that way, if she didn't or didn't, I don't know. I'm sure we all did. We all did. We all had moments where we all just kind of, like, missed him wish he was there. We were younger. He was gone. But me, out of all people, it's like I can never say it. I can never say it. Everyone else can, they won't, but they can say it. I can't say it. I can't say it because, you know, when I say it, it's like, why you always have to be right about everything? Or, you know, are you considering how I feel about it? Like, (laughs) looking back on the vision, I think that, you know, it's kind of clear that He kind of sees me as my mom. I'm just a mini version of her. And they always argue. And he can never get a word in with her. So he never wants me to get a word in with him. And it's I'm not my mom. I'm not. You know, even though we do also butt heads a lot because I feel like, you know, he just hates it when I'm right. He hates it when I make sense. You know, he assumes that because I'm around my mom so much and maybe because of what I hear from her or the advice that I would give him, that I'm somehow trying to be her for her because he won't listen to her. Like, maybe he'll listen to me then. And maybe I I am in that way a little bit, but I think in my mind I'm more like, my perspective is a little different from hers and you might appreciate it if you would just listen but I'm not about to force you to listen to me so I just don't say anything I just always feel like I can help but I he had never let me but he finally he finally was with us and he said a few words and I can't even really call really recall what he was saying but He was just seeming like he was giving it a chance, finally. And honestly, I'm frustrated. I'm tired of being in this place. I'm waiting. I'm sacrificing. I'm fighting. I'm being patient. I'm doing everything that I can to be transformed by God so that I'm even behaving in a different manner. So that, you know, maybe I can get this done. Maybe it's me. You know, if I can do everything I can to be the best person I can be, it still won't be wasted time, even if no one else wants to change who they are. That's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, it's not like nobody really cares, I don't think, or appreciates it. But it's like, that's just what I'm, I guess that's my mindset. That's what it has to be. So I'm trying to listen And he said something to me, and I said something back to him, which I just stayed true to myself. I didn't lie. I told the truth, and I said it in a respectful way. I did not say it to bash him or attack him or make him run away again. I even felt the urges. I fought the urges to attack him. And say it harsh, and do it in a way that was not rece- He wouldn't have received it. Wouldn't he? Wouldn't have been receptive. And he still ran. He ran. So I didn't chase him, and I heard my little brother say, "Pepe, you gotta stop doing that." All he does is he's just going to keep running. And every time he runs, we have to stay here longer. Don't you want to go? And I'm just like, you know, I listened to God on that. I asked God what to say back. I asked God what to do. I asked God how to handle it. And you know what? He told me to handle it just like that. And it's not to be changed. And I don't even know what I said, so I know it's from the heart. So... That just means that that can't be changed. He just has to stop running. I can't chase him either. God doesn't want me chasing him. God doesn't want anybody chasing him. God just wants him to stop running. That's the only way this is going to work. And if he thinks that he can keep on running, we're just going to be here for a while, I guess. Because the only thing that God also did add after he ran was that, you know, The common goal between everybody is to get everybody out safely. So he's going to keep running, and I'm sure you don't want him to keep running, and I'm sure you want to do the best thing possible in order for this to work out. The only thing you can do is be here for whenever he stops running. That's the only thing you can do. And... Of course, the thing is, what if he never stops running? He doesn't have to stop running. Obviously, he has a choice. He has a choice to stay or go. And he always goes. That's what he does, you know. But eventually, I'll stop running. So, you know, eventually everybody around us stop running. So eventually, he will too. And maybe he's also a little triggered by something my mother said. Because I feel like a lot of these visions, my mother is inside of me. Like, when I can't get anybody else to listen to me, my mother kind of, like, takes over, like, and she, and everybody listens to her. So, I think that maybe my mother said something, too. But, like I said, I heard what was said, even though I don't quite know what it was. All I know is that nothing harsh was, it wasn't said in a harsh way. It may have been, it may have been hard to hear but it was not said in a harsh way. And I believe that it was just hard to hear. It's always hard to hear. And I was looking back on and and trying to analyze everything about it, and I realized that, you know, I realized that God, I'm not God. I'm just asking God what to do. And it's. I don't think his issue is really with me. It's with God, you know? He, he might feel some type of way about the stuff that I say because it's from God. But his issue is not with me. He can't shoot the messenger, so he runs because of the truth. He's running from the truth. That's what that is. But I cannot blame him because as as he ran away, I saw the feeling he had, the look in his face, and I I recognize that all too well. I'm not better than him. Nobody is. I just of course I'm dealing with my own things. I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of going through this. I wanna be out of this, but I also want my brother you know maybe even more so i'm willing to be here and wait for him even though i know saying that probably makes you know might make him take more advantage of it but the thing is he it shouldn't even be rushed that's why i couldn't chase after him despite other people's advice it shouldn't be forced that's why he's allowed to run it shouldn't be changed that's why it's the way it's the, that's why it's the way it is And it can't go any other way, despite how much I plead and beg with God to, you know, just can you just help him to be more receptive so that we can just all walk out of here and be good forever? You know, who wants to be in these situations where we're always reliving our traumas? We're suffering. We are being tortured as a family, you know, pulled apart, divided, pitted against each other and tempted. And almost destroyed mentally. Who wants to be here going through these things? I understand he's not... He may not be intentional about making us suffer. He just is running from the truth. It's hard for him to deal with what he's dealing with. It's hard for him to accept it. I understand that. It's hard for me to be here. But I'd I'd rather be here than leave him here. So I understand that, you know? And I understood it when he ran. I didn't argue about it. I didn't fight. And I realized that's growth. I'm growing. Because before, I would have been like, okay, now I'm about to mess up something or run or destroy something. Do what I want to do. Because all he ever does is run. And it's selfish. It's really selfish. Everybody else has to suffer, too. You're not the only person with problems. And I understand that you understand that. But... You know, whatever you do, what you want to do, I'm doing what I want to do. But now, I've been here so long. I'm at this point like, well, what I want to do is stay here and work on me and still fight for our family. So, that's what I want to do. You know, obviously I could run, but, you know, if I ran, I'd have to know that there was something I could do about getting him out of it, and I let Satan win. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. But at the same time, am I going to stay here forever because he wants to continue to run? Um, That's something I've been take, trying to take up with God. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because... Part of me wants to, you know, fight as hard as I can for as long as I can and give it all that I have for my family. And then part of me is like, I don't know if that's what God even wants me to do. And if I have a way out and I can leave, but this is the only way through, then... You know, I have options. It's always an option. It's always a choice, you know? I can't let somebody hold me back from my future forever, but I don't think that God would allow that to happen. You know? Man, I don't under, I sometimes question why God has me in a situation when every other, everything, all the sense in the world tells me just let it go. Let them do what they're doing. Go and live your life. You know, be selfish, you know, start thinking about yourself more. Stop caring. Stop chasing after people who are, you know, who are opening up old wounds and won't ever let them heal. They don't never want you to get better. You know, let all of this go forever. Leave it. It doesn't matter. It's not worth holding on to. Common sense tells me that every single day, every second of every single day, That this is no longer worth it. It'll never be worth it anymore. But I can't let Satan win when he says, you're not going to be able to save your brother. When he says that, when he's so confident that my family is not coming out, I cannot let him win. Because God put me on assignment and he showed me how this ends. And... I don't appreciate that. He he can't win. You know, but he won't. And so, obviously, that means that the decisions that I'm making is necessary. Mm -hmm. The decisions to be selfless instead of selfish. Like, I could run, I could go, I could, you know, forget all about it. But, you know, I'm not going to because of who I am, but I can't take away from the fact that sometimes I feel that he's here, and when I am really in desperate need, like not all the time, but every blue moon, every once in a while, when I'm really in desperate need of help, when everybody around me is kind of like failing me, it feels like he 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 helps. He cuts in and he throw he helps a little bit. His help is more valuable, you know. I think that he even knows. That's why he needs to be here. But I realize all of us. It takes all of us to get this done. All of us to get out of here. None of us can be left behind. None of us can be on our own page. We all have to work together, if we truly want to be free in God, and. So I guess it's going to take time for us all to get to that mindset, if we all do. But it can be done. I believe it. So I don't want to believe if it's a win, you know. But the biggest question is if I'm willing to sacrifice a future that I saw in my destiny in order for this to see this happen. First of all, I don't think there's a future or destiny without my family being okay and all right. So I feel like that question is already answered with a big yes, absolutely. But another thing is that, you know, if my family truly believes and has a mindset, if they would believe and had a mindset that we won't get get right and we won't do what we have to do to be better just to keep you from being the best that you can be because we don't want to see you be better. You know, and they're really not playing with me and there's not a temporary feeling. They're serious about that. That should I even be willing to sacrifice my destiny for people like that? It comes down to this. I do everything within my power to save and help you. But if I have to die to save you, even though I'm willing to die to save you, you know, God has the final say. And he didn't let you kill me. I don't think he's going to. So I think that if it gets to that point and I have to fight for my life again and somehow, you know, move forward without you, then I just will. I just will. That's something that I think they need to know. I'm doing all of this for you. I'm sacrificing so much for you. I'm fighting so hard for you. And you might feel like, oh, it don't mean nothing or that's not this and that's not that. As long as you are taking this for granted, you're going to remember this when you don't have it anymore, if you don't have it anymore. I'm being patient, believing that all can be brought to repentance like Jesus said. Believing that there's going to come a day where you finally appreciate you know, how much I care and how much I want this for our family and that somebody's here wanting this, this much for our family and calling on God and depending on God to do this for us and actually trying to save us with the only real option that would ever save our lives and our souls forever. You know, hoping you will appreciate that. But y'all never have and y'all probably never will. And that might be reflective of why the future I saw is without you. So considering that, regardless of what everyone else around is saying and doing, you know, I never believe you can't change people because I know that you can. I know that Jesus can. I don't know about you, but I know Jesus can change people. But they have to be willing to change. You can't forcefully change people. Well, Jesus can do whatever he wants. That's the point. But with all that being said, I also want to mention that what God has shown me, He's shown me that the lifestyle, my heart's desires, and what my future consists of, you know, even if it doesn't include my family, it also may not include a lot of the things that I saw in this future vision. Not that I'm opposed to these things, but if God says they got to go, that means I have to be willing to sacrifice even that destiny for God, despite the fact that God was in it. You know, if it truly cannot be stopped or, you know, changed, or if it truly is set in stone, like it was, you know, told to me, then that mean that everything that I do, every choice that I make, To choose God over any and everything else in my life, no matter who or what it is, will lead me right to it. There's no way that I can avoid it. And then only time can tell or will tell. But if it is just another one of Satan's tricks, and that means that everything that I do, choosing God over everything and anything in my life will protect me from that too. So it just comes down to choosing God. That's what it is. And I can never fail in that way. As long as I stay focused on the promise of God and I never fold or never compromise, meaning as long as God is above anything and everything else in my life, no matter what it is, I'll be fine. Whatever I get after that is exactly what God intends for me to have, even if it's nothing for the rest of my life. But... In the next scene, after he ran, we was like, "Well, let's get on this flight and go to go home." But the flight got canceled. So all I know is, we was like, "Okay, well then, let's just some, enjoy some views here in Mexico." And. It's it's a few things going on, you know? I noticed that a few things going on within our family that may not even be that important. Well, when he ran, I was just like, you know, everybody, hey, let's, you know, let's go. We can't deal with this. We can't keep dealing with this, you know? Let's just go. Let's just leave Mexico, you know? It's just maybe time, and... That's when, you know, I heard them say, yeah, let's leave him behind. Who is he to keep running off on us? We don't need him. And, like, I don't think I necessarily agree with that, but I was just like, let's just go. I'm ready to go, you know? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I agree with that. So they're taking my agreeing with some part or half of it as my agreeing with everything that they said. And, of course, that's exactly how Satan works. He's extremely deceptive. He'll tell a partial truth and, you know, somehow expect you to believe it's all the truth or expect for it to pass as the whole truth. It's not the whole truth. So nobody ever wants to hear the details because if they would listen to me and hear me out, they would, I would have explained to them. I agree with the fact that I'm ready to go. I'm tired of him running. And yes, we can get on his flight and leave to Mexico. I didn't necessarily agree with leaving him behind, though. You know, I didn't necessarily agree with, you know, abandoning him. Of course, I'd rather him be there. There's nothing I can do about that, you know. But nobody wants to hear all those details because the truth I got from it is you're ready to leave him right now because you're ready to go. And it's like, I guess that's partially true, but it's not all the way true, no. You know, and my actions should show that because when he ran, it wasn't even my idea to just go and leave him. I was just like, well, what are we supposed to do now? Just wait on God, right? Okay, you know, let me trust God. That's my first mind. Somebody else introduced that. And I realized that's just Satan trying to sow discord and calamity. So that's when my entire family's like, okay, well, let's go. So I started packing the bag. And then when I started packing the bag, I heard them kind of like planning things like, oh, well, since she wants to leave him, we're just going to leave her. And they ran off and tried to sneak off without me. Like I heard them like, yeah, let's all sneak off without her. And they tried to go and catch the flight without me. And I was expecting somebody to carry my bag. He was like, oh, just wait right there. We'll be right back to carry your bag. And I was sitting there waiting on him, but something told me. I feel like God told me, like, oh, don't worry about it. They'll be right back. And I I sat there, and I waited, and I was just sitting there comfortably, like, oh, they'll be here. Wait, wait, hold on. Should I go after them? Oh, no, they'll be here. They'll be back. Then lo and behold, like 20, 30 seconds later, they came walking back in. Oh, uh, the flight got canceled. We're not going anymore. and looking really stupid because they keep trying to leave me. God's not letting me leave him. God's not letting you leave me. And y'all should know that by now. But we're going to go through this a million more times until we all realize we cannot get out but with each other. And not without. I'm trying to get to the point or the understanding of accepting that. You know, I guess maybe y'all are too, but it's amazing how with me, you know, I don't know, maybe I am sometimes on board with leaving certain people behind, even though when it comes down to it, really, I don't think I would do that. But it's amazing how the whole family is always ready to turn on me and leave me behind. And I've been told that that narrative has been pushed a lot. Since the jump, I've been hearing them say they all try to do without you. They try to leave you out of it. They try to leave you out of it. Like you are the only one that they try to leave out of it. And they think it's very funny to torture you and leave you out of things. And that's why you're having all these opportunities. And that's why you're being placed in this position of authority where they cannot do without you no matter what they do. That's why you're chosen by God because they all try to turn against you. And they continuously try and do that. And it's amazing how God works. I mean, you should have known, but it's amazing how God works. Because y'all all all try to leave me for a day. Y'all all all try to leave me out of it. Y'all all try to step on my chances. And I don't believe that that was by accident. I don't think that you were aware of, excuse me, the power I possessed and who I would be if, of course you know, I would succeed. I think you did that on purpose. And you're trying to find any excuse to do it. So every single time you're intimidated by my power any, any, and me being a leader, any time you are intimidated by the position that God is preparing me for, every time you see the signs, you try and sabotage me so you can try and somehow create or generate a reason for your backdooring and backstabbing activities. But the funny thing about it is God always doubles you back. He always makes you double back around and sit and watch and be front row, have front row seats to the show. The show you try to cut short or keep from happening or cancel. You got front row seats. I love how God works. The Bible says he's gonna do that. Sit at my right hand whilst I make your enemies your footstool. And the funny thing about this, I think that maybe they tried to do this with Satan. (laughs) I don't know if it's 100% true, but I think they might have even tried to leave God out of it because God said you can't leave me out of it. So they said, we're going to leave you out of it then. Nope, it didn't work that way, you know. Satan can't do nothing but just take you through a whole bunch of extra problems before you get to what God wants you to do anyways. God has the final say. I love him. He's amazing. Because the thing is, you know, it might sound like, why you get chosen? Why you get all of this? Why come everybody got to wait for you and everybody has to just allow you to be leader? Because I wouldn't have done you like that in a million years. If God chose you, I wouldn't have turned on my back on God. I just would have dealt with it if it was that hard. I would have dealt with it. I would have still chose God. I would have allowed it to be you. I wouldn't have done that to none of y'all. Every single last one of y'all would have had to come if it was me. It would have been the opposite reaction, the opposite things being done. I never would have sabotaged you. I never would have hurt you. I never would have drugged you through the mud. and I never would have put our family in this position. I never would have done that. That's why I would never do you like that, ever, and still wouldn't, even though you're doing me like that, and still won't, even if you continue to do me like that. That's why. That's why, and you still can't see that, but that's okay because the Bible says that darkness cannot comprehend the light just like light cannot comprehend the darkness. I cannot comprehend why you still think that whatever option Or a decision or path that you want to take is better than God's. I will never comprehend that. But you will never comprehend why I still choose God despite all that you are putting me through for choosing him. You will never comprehend why he chooses me. You will never comprehend why things will never work out for you no matter how much power it seems like you have. You are deceived into believing that those lies are power and it's not. The real power comes from submitting to God's will. And when you think that you got it and you don't need them, You'll be right back here at square one every time. And that's something that God has been showing me. Yeah, it's tempting to go do what they're doing. It's tempting to go, you know, behave in the manner that they're behaving in. But you always end up back at square one if you do it without God. You always end up with nothing. You always end up with, you know, maybe you've learned a lesson, but if you haven't learned a lesson, you have end up with a whole bunch of wasted time and experience, not even a lesson learned, just a hard head and a hard heart. And imagine never being able to get that time back wasted on it. And I'm sure you don't want to hear this. The truth is hard to hear. So you just be running from the truth. So the thing is, what we'll have to deal with well we'll have to continue. what I what God has shown me from the jump I have to continuously deal with but not just in my family because you know I noticed this is about my family, but it's also reflective of the bigger assignment he's given me he's not just giving me an assignment of my family he's given me an assignment of millions of people way more people than my family and I love them so much that they are my motivation but at the same time, they are not the only reason they are not the only motivation. you know they're not the only reason I do this. I realize that even with or without them on board, I have to consider all the other lives that God has given me responsibility of place me on assignment on for wait well, they're God's responsibility, but place me on assignment for. So, you know, a lot of times I realize that when I'm affected by what they're doing, when they're continuously trying to backdoor me, you know, backstab me and take me out of my mission completely, all of the other people who are around, who are, you know, witnessing this are saying to themselves, so you're going to let them make you quit on us too? And it's like, you're right, you are so right. Sometimes they make me want to quit on myself, on them, on everything, on everybody. But I can't let them make me want to quit because then that means I'm quitting on everybody else and that's selfish. But, you know, I guess they affect me a little more than everybody else because these are the people I've grown up with. They're supposed to, you know, actually mean it when they say they love me. But they never did, I don't think. I don't know. I can't say that. God says that they do. But they just have a funny way of showing it, I guess. But regardless of anything, you know, it is me, no matter what they do, no matter how they react or behave. It is me. They're going to keep doing whatever they're doing, and they're not going to be able to change that. So, you know, let them do what they want to do. And I got to remain true to who I am. But, you know, God has given me this this, this word. He's been giving me this word for a, few, for a little while now. And it's really, I'm holding it so close to my heart because it's like, it's what I've known my whole life. And it's gotten me to where I am and it's proven true. And I love that God is all over it and in this word and that this is a very very reflective of his character and the word is that you know like i said if you do it without god you'll end up right back to step one right back at step one with with nothing out of all you've done and it's been re, it's been readdressed for weeks now i was watching I was, I was. It was amazing, that my heart was crying out to God. God, I feel so lost. I feel like I'm backsliding, and I feel like all your hard work in me is being undone. Before you can even be brought, you know, before I can be brought complete to a complete finish, and I'm praying, I'm trusting that that's never going to happen. But man, I feel so hopeless sometimes. And I'm watching this episode, and the first few words in the episode is, you know. If you had the opportunity, I forget what he said, but all I knew is he he wound up saying, so here I am back at square one after everything. After being on top, after doing everything, you know, a certain way, here I am back at square one. And I was just wondering if, I sh- if, if, if going a different way or doing it another way was worth it. And I found out, like, I realized that God is saying, like, if you do, you're just going to end up with nothing. And I was just saying that. I'm just going to end up with nothing. You're just going to end up with nothing. And I keep saying that. And it's like, I'm still tempted, but I keep trying my best to fight hard for that and remember that. And God has been saying that. And then earlier today, I was just thinking about, like, but what if I did do it differently, God? What if I did... What if I said I'm gonna get my money first, then I'ma see God. I'ma go and become very successful, and then I'll find God, or if I do, if I need Him, or I'm going to become popular and do everything I want to do and get everything I want out of life, and then maybe I'll seek God, or then I'll get my life together in that way. Where would I land with that God? Where would that have me here? Have me right now? And God said you would have you would have ended up with nothing. You would have ended up with nothing, but immediately when I said that, he really didn't even have to say you would have ended up with nothing. What he did was say, "Look." He said, "Look. That's what would happen. Look right look right ahead of you. Look at what you're dealing with. Look at who you're dealing with. Look at what you're going through. That's what would have happened." They did that. And I didn't have to ask who because immediately I started thinking about who this individual is in their lifestyle right now. Many different examples, not just this one person, so I don't want to put it all off on this one person. But it's many different examples of this. You know, his might be the closest example to how I may have wanted to do things myself. Maybe. We're, you know, I guess being told we're really similar so if I had gone the way that he'd gone, I would have done it how he'd done it, you know? I would have got my money. I would have become very successful and popular and all these other things, expecting to chase God whenever I'm done with this stuff. And then I would have wanted to eventually find God, you know? But he did that. And the whole time... Well, ever since and in the process, what he's been lacking is fulfillment. He's he got a hole in his soul, a hole in his heart that only God can fill, And no money in the world, no popularity in the world, no success in the world can ever fill that gap. And so he's longing for that and still needing God throughout the entire process. So you can't skip that step. It doesn't matter which way you go. You know, he still might have those things and maybe some people might say that's enough. But you get you say those things because you don't have it. You get those things and you find out that, you know, the only thing you really needed in life was God. And I think that's what this is. That's exactly what this is. He takes a look into my life of actually, you know, choosing God first seeking discipline from God and what that looks like to go after God first. I get a look at his life of choosing money, you know, popularity and success first and what that actually looks like. And we both land up, land to end up meaning we're in the same place. So you could say, which was also discussed in, the, in this time, that no matter which route you go, you're always gonna land where you're destined to be. No matter where you go, you're always gonna end up where you're meant to go. So, I guess that you're supposed to just do whatever you would do. Be yourself. Make the decision that you would make for yourself. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna land or be where you're supposed to be, anyways. So, with that being said, you know. I love that God is so understanding in that way. Like, whatever choice you make, I'm not judging you. Neither are better than e either. It's just that your choices are reflective of who you are and who you chose to be. Well, maybe not who you are, but who you chose to be. Because now that it feels like maybe we're meeting up, I don't know. Then it feels like, you know we're both having to learn, you know, why. Learn from each other and, you know, merge either way. Maybe, maybe merge either way it goes, you know. And I think it's different things I have to point out. I feel like he is longing for someone who... Chose the route he didn't choose. He was so deprived of that the whole time. Feeling like he would never have that. And that was a real torture. And now that I'm here, it's like, you're all I've ever needed. I'll do whatever. But you don't know what to do. Because somebody who chose the route you didn't choose, the only thing you probably could have done is what they did. You might feel that way. Or... You might not understand what it takes to get their attention. And it obviously is doing what they did. Choosing God. Doing it all for Him. Giving it all up for Him. Changing for Him. Doing things differently. Actually trusting Him. 100%. Putting everything else last. Him first. That's the only thing you could ever do to get somebody's attention that did that. And... You don't know how to do it because you chose the road that you chose. You know how to do what you did. But also, I have to be honest, I don't know how to do what you did. Maybe God, obviously God, you know, feels like there's something I need to learn from your lifestyle, what you've done and the route you've gone. It's a lot that you've learned in the path that you went. You've made it this, this far. You have so much knowledge and information that I maybe need because maybe I'm going that direction now. You have a lot I need to learn. I have a lot you need to learn. That's where the merge happens. So I'm not necessarily saying that the route that you went. That I am just... That you were just so wrong. And, you know, it was nothing that you learned from it. And it was just, you know, a complete waste of time. I can't say that. You learn. Maybe you learn. Maybe it's something I can learn from you. But... Vice versa. Also the same thing for me. The route that I went was not a complete waste of time. And I've learned. And maybe there's things you need to learn from me. Because also I want to address that I feel like this individual... You know, one thing that I feel like this individual was saying recently... It's weird. It's like what happened was I was going through Instagram and I wound up on a page about church, whether you should be online or in person and I just randomly start thinking about how there's no church here I can go to because it feels like whatever it is I'm dealing with has full control over everybody and nobody is, you know, really, you know, really for God like they should be. And how these churches are infiltrated because of the lack of, obedience to God, and I was just thinking about how when I was at church, I went to the church and tried, and maybe I should try again, keep trying, I don't know, because it feels like I need help, that's the only way I'll be this, you know, should I keep isolating, but, you know, I have Jesus, and I went to church, and a pastor, you know, he trembled in the presence of God, because he recognized the Spirit of God in me so much that he started trembling. And the thing about it was I was just trying to figure out whether I should go to another church or not and seeing, like, would that happen again? Would it matter? Would it make a difference? Or should I just keep doing what I'm doing? I don't know. I'm just going to have to figure it out. And then next thing I know, I heard something. And it was like, I was trying to say the whole time, like, Whoever this is, they have control over everything. They can do whatever they want. They don't, you know, the churches aren't strong enough. These churches, the people in these churches, and, the, you know, the Christians, they are not, their prayer life is not where it should be. I'm talking to this person. I'm like, even before this started happening, that's what God was telling me. God told me this years ago. And the person never listened to me and never said anything to me until this individual was like, told them, I was like, I was talking for all that time, and you just would not listen, I could tell what's not getting through to you, but as soon as he said a few words, it was like, oh my gosh, that's so true, I'm like, first of all, that wasn't even the whole truth, he's always lying, and I recognized that immediately, like, I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna let him talk, because he's just gonna lie, and then it was like, just, you know, always there. It was like, just let him talk, just let him talk. And I'm like, no. He was like, okay, just let me talk. I'll tell the truth or something. And ended up talking and saying some of the truth. And I was like, that still wasn't even the whole truth. You're incapable of telling the whole truth. And all I know was immediately they were like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. Like, their minds was blown. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Was just like everybody in that church. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm always saying. You know, you have to build up a relationship for yourself. You cannot depend on the people at the church, the congregation, and, you know, the pastor to, to carry you. God's been telling me that time and time and time again. And I'm praying that I don't slip into the mindset of thinking that that's the only way to do things. Because I'm sitting here listening to gospel music all day, and I'm listening to the Bible or the Word of God played out all day, and I'm doing my best to build up the Spirit of God and try and retain this information, and I'm fighting so hard as much as I can, and I'm finding that I'm hitting a wall. It feels like I'm hitting a wall, and it feels like I'm not getting things done. And though I want to believe that I still am regardless, Satan is a liar, You know, I still do remember what it feels like to actually be progressing. So I know that that must mean that I am not. And that would be just as reflective of the the churches and the people who go to church every Sunday believing that they're doing something or making a difference with God. And they're not moving him. Because they are depending on the wrong things. They're not actually being obedient. They're not actually listening for a word from him. They're not actually praying and fasting like they should, being in his presence as much as they should, fighting hard to be the person that they that he wants them to be instead of doing what they want to do. And I'm like, man, I remember asking him years ago, you're telling me this is how these people who go to church every day are? Am I going to be like them? And I think he showed me a vision of my future that shows that absolutely not, I will not be... But I prayed to never be like them. I prayed. I didn't believe that I would, though. I said to myself, if I start going to church every Sunday, that'll be the best thing that ever happened to me. I go to church every day of the week, I will be the biggest saint, you know, for real, because I'm always around God. Why would I take that for granted? Why would I play with that, you know? I, I can't imagine having access to spirit filled individuals. God's word in an environment that surrounds me with God and not actually being for God and doing the work for God. I can't imagine playing in that environment. I don't have to do anything. But at the same time, you know, how do I know what happened? Why Why is it reflective that all of these individuals have fallen down that path? It might not have anything to do with what they intended to happen. But just like how things happen because of the environment, because of the way society is teaching you how you should praise God. You really need to just focus on your own personal relationship. And you don't have to be confined to a church to do that. And everything that God has shown me and is doing through me shows me that the whole church narrative, wow, it's amazing to be at church. And it's amazing when you find a church that fits, and a pastor that truly hits home with you and is truly filled by the Spirit of God, that does change things, and it helps a lot. You can tell that these demons are very afraid of that. They will want to keep you from that as long as possible. But if you can't, you need to do it at home every day with God. He's with you. You know, he loves you. He's in your heart. And if you, if you take him seriously, the difference between being at a church or at home is there is no difference. Maybe you will do better without being amongst a, a bunch of different individuals where you don't really know where they stand with God. And somehow you're depending on that to change things. God has shown me that when you truly know him, you find out a lot of people don't. So that's another reason why this demon was able to follow me into this church and even use the people in the church against me and the pastor and just everybody. And I'm the only person that this demon cannot just use freely without having to fight me with, you know, they cannot just use me. They cannot just get me to sell out. They cannot get me to do those things that they're getting everybody else to do. And I haven't grown up in a church like these people. I don't go to church every Sunday, but I read my Bible every day. And I have a real relationship with God. And I've accepted him into my heart and I apply this word in my heart. So you wouldn't have never found me at the church. So that just goes to show that this demon has that much confidence in God's prophecy that they was looking everywhere, not just the church. You probably as a Christian would have thought the only way you would have found somebody, the person that would have taken this individual down and, you know, been able to truly fulfill this prophecy is in that church, right? Growing up in that church, part of the choir, something like that. Nope. Somebody who was actually in the streets, participating in sin, smoking, drinking weed. But every single day, reading my Bible and trying to be better. God said this a bunch of different times when he ate with sinners. He ate with tax collectors, prostitutes. And they sat there and they judged him every single time as if he could never be the son of God doing those things. The Pharisees and the scribes said, there's no way you're the son of God. And he they did not know God. Their father was Satan the whole time. That just goes to show you we as humans we're so imperfect and we're always casting the wrong judgments we think that we know how to determine who god was saying and you will never be able to find him in a million years because you don't know him but the people who do know him they always recognize and the people who don't know him but are but have no choice but to look out for him because even when you don't fear God, they have to. Yes, Satan has to answer to God. He knows who God sends. Those people, they always know where to find us. But how you as a Christian who claim you're so devoted to God never never can see us even when we're standing right in your face you don't listen to us you'd rather listen to satan because your father is satan you do not know god you're just like the pharisees and the scribes and i just have one last message you have your reward you have your reward i'm i've been battling with rejection lately but in reality it's just god rejecting all of you